we're going to start a new series today, and uh, it's called Resilient. Uh, recently, I picked up a, a book. Um, it was recommended by this um, podcaster that I love to listen to, and he recommended this book called The War of Art. Not the art of war, um, but the war of art. And in this book, there's, he just says some really good things. Um, it makes this very profound statement. It goes like this. Most of us have two lives. We have the life we live and the unlived life within us. The life that we live and the unlived life within us. And he goes on to say that between the two stands something called resistance. So, for example, in your, in your unlived life, um, this book, I don't believe it's a Christian author, but um, in, the, in the, uh, the book, he talks about how in your unlived life, um, maybe you see yourself as strong, you see yourself as healthy, you see yourself as just hitting the gym, you've got a good diet going on, all that kind of stuff, and uh, you're just, you're disciplined, you just keep showing up no matter how difficult things might be, you say no to things that are going to distract from that. And uh, that's your, your unlived life. Your lived life, though, maybe is, is a different story. The treadmill is in the attic collecting dust. Come on, anybody, anybody here been, been there before? Um, your, the deep freeze is full of pizza. It's full of processed food. Uh, you have a membership at the gym, but it's been six years since you've used it. And, and you don't want to cancel it because you know that if you cancel it, that's like admitting defeat. So you keep this... This membership, and you keep supporting the gym, even though you're you're, you're not you're not there. Your lived life and your your unlived life, and uh, or or maybe in your your unlived life, you're an entrepreneur, you're running a, a successful business, you're the boss, you're in charge, you have this idea that you you've had for a long time, and you just wanna you wanna go make this happen, but in your lived life, this is just an idea. It's an idea that's been percolating for years. Um, you still work the same uh, dead-end job that you just have no joy in whatsoever, no fulfillment. It's just, it's constant stress. It's constant meaningless monotony for you in your lived life. Your unlived life and your lived life. Do you understand what I'm saying? And in between your, your unlived life and your lived life is this thing called resistance. The hard work of getting on that treadmill day in and day out um, the discipline to say no to the chips and the, 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 the soda and the pizza and all that kind of stuff. That, there's resistance there. The hard work of going back to school, maybe. Maybe you've got this business idea, but you know you've got you to go back to school and you've got to learn, you've got to grow, and you've got you to sit down and discipline yourself to learn what it looks like to run your own business. And then you've got to have the, 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 the courage to take that step and just go out and do it, even though you're scared and you're frightened. There's, there's, there's the the dream, but then there's the resistance that stands in between, between you, between you and that, that dream that, that you have. Two lives, the, the life we live and the unlived life within us, and between the two stands resistance. And in this book, the writer mentions how there's many activities that, that will elicit resistance. Uh, the pursuit of a calling, maybe you've got a calling in, in art, which is kind of the focus of this book, actually. You've got a calling in some kind of arts. Maybe it's music. Maybe it's, maybe it's painting. I don't know, photography. And, and you have this dream, but everybody's saying, no, that's, that's just unrealistic. Resistance stands in the way. Um, resistance rises up when you want to launch a business, maybe a, a health uh, or diet regimen, a plan to overcome a bad habit or an addiction. Resistance gets in the way of that. 
education of any kind. Come on, students, you know how that goes. Like, you don't want to get up first thing in the morning at 7.30 and go to school and sit down and learn all day. There's resistance that gets in the way of that happening. You know that you want to do that. You have this end goal in mind, but there's resistance that's in the way. Or maybe it's an act of courage, like you just want to change for the better, but resistance gets in the way. The decision to get married, resistance in the way. What in the world am I doing committing the same person for the rest of my life? You freak out. Or maybe you're married, and, and you want to get out, but resistance kind of stands in the way because you just, you know, you, you know that that's not right. You know you should stick, what, whatever. Resistance gets in the way. Or maybe it's a, a program of spiritual advancement. All of these will cause, cause resistance to rear its ugly head. Just happens. And when that happens, whether at the beginning of the endeavor or in the middle of the, the endeavor along the way, many never start, or if they started, they will just throw in the towel because of resistance, because it just gets too hard. It gets too hard. And I don't know what it is about life, but, but for some reason, we have this idea that life is supposed to be easy. I think all of us, to some extent, have that, have that in us. Um, resistance, you know, we don't want to have to deal with that. Why, why should life be hard? Um, we shouldn't have to. We, we want life to just be handed to us on a silver platter. And in fact, we... we Sometimes we think we, maybe we even just deserve to have it handed to us on a silver platter. Maybe we look at everybody else and we're like, oh, it seems like everybody else has it handed to them on a silver platter, which is never the truth. But we, see, we have this, this lens that we, just, we think that life should be a lot easier than maybe it is. And, and this thinking, I, I think it starts actually when you're really young. You know, I, I remember um, going to kindergarten. I was four or five years old. And going to kindergarten up in, up in Canada, and I, just, I can remember the little bits, but as a, a little kid, just being excited about that, that very first day. I went to an elementary school called Roberts Elementary School, Port Hardy, B.C., and I just remember as a little kid, just this anticipation. Like, I was going to be a big kid now, because I was going to kindergarten, and it was just going to be so much fun all day, just playing with, with, with friends and just having this great time, and uh, it was going to be awesome. I remember just, like, having this, like, little box of crayons and it was just like fresh pencils that were just freshly sharpened and never been used before just like so excited well it didn't take long though for the the luster to wear off and school was hard you know i couldn't always get those blocks to stack just right as a five-year-old um i had people that would make fun of me i got called names and uh, it, it 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 just wasn't easy it was it was hard i missed my mommy i had to sit at a desk for hours sometimes when I would rather be playing out in the forest and just doing whatever the heck I wanted to do. It wasn't supposed to be like that. It was supposed to be easy. It wasn't supposed to be hard. It was supposed to be easy. But resistance came along. And then there's, then there's uh, when Becky and I started the date, uh, it was just, it was so easy. If you're married or you got a boyfriend or girl, you know, you know what it's like. The first days, the first weeks, months, it's just all like rainbows and, and you're just like the, you're, Pepe Le Pew and whatever. It's just like <laughs> hearts and all that kind of stuff. It's just like your head over heels for each other. Even when you're not together, that's all you're doing is just thinking about the next time that you can get together with, with her. That was us. I mean, it was, it was just like we were falling in love. Crazy. But then resistance showed up. You know, we decided to get married with the dreams of keeping this romance and passion alive, of building a family together and just living happily ever after. And we weren't, like, super naive. Like, we weren't expecting it just to be all roses and, and stuff. But, but resistance showed up. And uh, things went from easy to really hard. 
we had different ideas of how we were going to spend our money. You know, she wanted to buy things for the kitchen, plates, and <laughs> these coaster thingies. And I'm like, what 25-year-old guy wants to spend his hard-earned money on kitchen stuff? Let's go buy, like, some weapons or let's buy some, <laughs> some stuff for our cars, you know, all that kind of stuff. A new set of plates. Like, what the heck? It just got, it got hard. It got really hard. Um, she realized that I had a lot less patience, less kindness, less compassion. I had a tendency of being rude and self-centered. And, and, and this commitment that she'd made to, to love me, all of a sudden, resistance shows up. And it wasn't supposed to be like that. You know, a lot of couples, when resistance comes up, it's just... It throws them for a loop, and they start to go, maybe I don't love this person. Maybe I made a mistake or whatever. No, life's just hard. It's not easy. It never was meant to be easy. And then when it comes to our faith, it's the exact same thing. You know, there's our, our, our lived life and our unlived life. There's the, the, the life that God calls us into. It's a life that's, that's full of victory. It's a life that has purpose. It's a life where you're connected to community and you're experiencing joy in that. You're experiencing what it's like to have your church family love you. You, you know what it's like to be living with purpose. It's, it's your, your lived life. We're supposed to be. But for many believers, that picture of what God calls us into is actually their unlived life. Their lived life is play it safe. Their lived life is, is like that story of the man who has the, the, the talents and gives one, uh, one talent and three talents and five talents and, and the one with the three and the five talent, they go out and they just live the life that they're called to live, but the one who has the one talent goes and buries it. He's not, he, he, he's not living the life that he's called to live. He has an unlived life, but he, he's settling for, for, playing, for playing it safe. And, and maybe for you, it started off being so good you gave your life to Jesus. You know, Becky talked a little bit about this when she was leading worship. You gave your life to Jesus, and there was joy, and there was just like this overwhelming sense of, oh, my goodness, God has just transformed me. It's like blue sky, and just you're seeing colors, and this whole new light, and it's just, it's amazing. And you have this thinking, though, that it's, it's supposed to be like that the whole way through, where it's just, it's, it doesn't come hard. There's, it's, just, it's just easy, easy, easy. But then things did get hard. Resistance entered the picture. People weren't always as friendly as you thought they were supposed to be. You realize that Christians aren't always perfect. In fact, they're never perfect because they're human. You, you realize that, that, that following Jesus meant people, maybe even close friends and, and close family, we're going to reject you and think that you were crazy and go, what, the, what in the world are you doing following someone that you can't even see? Don't you know there's not a God? You just did not anticipate that. You thought when they heard about what was happening to you that they would be so excited and just welcome it and be, but they didn't. It got hard. There were times maybe of distancing your relationship with Jesus and, and maybe you started to develop questions about faith and you just didn't have any good answers and you couldn't hear any good answers. And now your lived life is, is the opposite of what you'd hoped it would be. The unexpected difficulties of life are making your, maybe it's making your faith weaker, not stronger. Instead of growing closer to Jesus, you're more disconnected. Uh, 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 instead of having joy, it's, 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 it's worry, it's anxiety like, like Taylor shared about. 
but you have this life and your, your faith is just, it's just not what it's supposed to be. It's, and it's not carrying over into the, to your daily life like you hoped it would. And you've hit resistance. And in this series that we're going to be in for the next few weeks, we're, we're looking at what it looks like and what it means to push through resistance. What does it mean to keep going when the going gets hard? What does it mean when, when, when Scripture talks about us persevering in the faith? How do we, how do, we do that? How do we, we push through when, when things look really hard? And um, there's a few things you need to know about the Christian life, and some of these apply just for life in general. First thing is this, resistance is going to happen. Resistance is going to happen. So if you're here today and, and you just have this picture that, that life as a follower of Jesus is going to be easy, just scratch that, delete that thought from your mind. The truth is, resistance is going to happen. One of the guys in the Bible who is just this hero of the faith is the Apostle Paul, this great missionary. God worked through him to bring hundreds, even thousands of people to Christ. He wrote a lot of the New Testament, was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he's one of the, the just this first great missionary where he goes out and, and lives, cities, nations are literally impacted by the the life of Paul. And Paul, though, he didn't always start off this way. He actually started off persecuting the church, big opponent of Christianity. He'd round believers up, in some cases, even oversee their murder. Well, eventually God comes along. He speaks to Paul in this dramatic way. Paul surrenders his life to Jesus. And from the very beginning, God wanted to make it really clear to Paul that life would not be easy. You know, he doesn't come and say, hey, Paul, if you come follow me, I'm just going to make everything easy. It's going to be like easy street from here on out. No, from the very beginning, God wanted to make sure Paul knew, hey, it's not going to be easy. You're going to face resistance. In fact, at, at one point, just after Paul has this radical encounter with God, God instructs him to go to the home of a man named Ananias, just this crazy situation where God says, Paul, go talk to this guy, Ananias. And God's also talking to Ananias, saying, hey, FYI, the guy that's been murdering Christians, he's coming to your city, and you're supposed to meet with him. And, and they do. And, and Ananias, uh, Paul speaks, or God speaks to Paul through Ananias saying this, go, or actually, sorry, a little more context. Otherwise, this verse makes no sense. What's going on there? But, but um, God says to Ananias to go to Paul, and this is what, this is what God says to Ananias to, to kind of convince him to go to Paul when he's freaked out of going to Paul. Does that make sense? Probably got you all confused. He says, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. And at this point, you might be thinking, okay, that just sounds awesome. Paul is God's chosen instrument to go out and literally impact nations. But then he goes on to say, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. In other words, God's saying, here's this guy that I'm going to raise up. I'm going to do big things for him. Nations are going to be changed, impacted. And, and also, I want you to tell him that he's going to suffer for my, for my name. There's, there's, tell him that it's not going to be easy. Make sure he knows that it's going to be hard. Make sure he knows that there's going to be resistance. Because it's coming. And, and did he ever suffer for the name of Christ? Later on in his life, um, Paul would actually document just how much he suffered, just how much resistance he faced 
between the life that, that God was calling him to live and probably the life that he wanted to live. There was, there was resistance. Paul wrote, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. In other words, he got whipped. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a day and a night or night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my 